Hi, my name's Ashley. I'm DeRay. And I'm Amanda. And welcome to the Clarity Hour, the podcast hosted by the Clarity Project. We're a citizen's initiative located in Hawaii, working to expand safe, legal access to psychedelics. During this hour, we're asking beneficiaries and experts to shed light on the healing powers of plant medicine. Enjoy. So why don't you guys start by just introducing yourself and tell me a little bit about how we found you on this crazy trip train. You want to start, Evan? Sure. Thanks, Seth. Thanks, Ashley. My name is Adam Bramlich. I'm a founder and CEO of Flow State Micro. We're a functional mushroom company, as well as microdosing education and coaching. We work one-on-one with clients to individualize their dosages, their protocols, and their entire microdosing experience. I spent more than a decade in the cannabis space in California, non-legal and legal. I was a farmer for many years before pivoting into distribution and manufacturing. About three years ago, I began to use psilocybin in large and small doses to treat what I believe was treatment-resistant depression. I began to see the healing properties and the benefits of psilocybin and sold my cannabis companies and pivoted into working with microdosing. So uh, other than that, I've been co-founder in the microdosing movement with San Francisco Psychedelic Society, as well as co-founder in the Microdosing Support Network, which is a free uh, twice a month support network, all questions uh, and conversations regarding microdosing. Cool. That sounds so cool, dude. I know, you've been busy. (laughs) Seth's a part of it too, though. He's a part of two thirds of all that goodness. Okay, Seth, tell us about you. Um, yeah, I got out of school. I studied anthropology and had no idea what I was going to do with my life because I definitely wasn't going to be trapped in school and started going to different communes and intentional communities around the country um, to just kind of discover what the alternative lifestyles could look like. And, you know, I didn't really expect it, but I ended up living in a city, you know, kind of got brought out to California by cannabis energy and the opportunity to make money in a way that sounded really fun and interesting to me at the time. And, slowly progressed to working down uh, or living in the Bay. Um, And yeah, my, what I really took away from those journeys was just, you know, the main thing that people need for healing is connection and finding one another. And I found psychedelics in my own life to create so much, uh, just an evolutionary healing kind of process and healing not to be like, oh, like, you know, there's one way to heal, but it's like joy, laughter, connection of all sorts uh, to be that, you know, healing experience of just really finding myself. And as soon as I found the opportunity to uh, join the Psychedelic Society, it came around the same time that I was studying a lot of permaculture and mushroom cultivation stuff and teaching people how to grow mushrooms. So it was a natural fit for me. And, uh, yeah, as a team, we've just been really committed to taking those individual experiences of evolutionary healing, kind of like growing and process, and really trying to apply that to building a community container that can uh, really empower just like the everyday people's model of psychedelic growth and evolution and healing. And, uh, you know, just keep it really on the ground level where we all found it ourselves, you know. Um, So just really to raise the bar of experience for people uh, help educate and, and get a lot of good info and opportunity to connect and network out there and uh, kind of allow people to come out of the closet, shake off the taboo and, you know, just get in touch. And it's been going really well. And 
it's a lot of fun and yeah, it's a good life. <laughs> so that's where mm -hmm. I'm at. And then with microdosing all that, it was just a really huge need in our community, like you're saying to us. And I was integrating some microdosing education into my mushroom cultivation classes. And uh, I think Adam, you found me somehow when I was doing that and we started touching base and one thing led to another. And all of a sudden, uh, we we're putting together this big course, the microdosing movement, brought together some great collaborators and uh, really made something powerful that impacted uh, well over a thousand people. And uh, yeah, it was just a, it was a huge success and really just a beautiful thing to see ripple out and to see that a lot of people from that class have, have maintained contact with us, are looking to you know find deeper ways to connect and, and help support this movement. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there that just want to be a part of uh, this mm. culture, you know, and to do better. And I think I call it just being like a probiotic, you know, like I want to be a probiotic to the earth. I feel like you could probably relate to that, Ashley, Adam, you know, um, yeah. How do we go from this idea that we're a nuisance to, to the earth, you know, thing we're a part of to uh, something that's actually helping? Yeah, I like the idea, first of all, casting off like the culture of shame and embarrassment and discomfort around psych intentional psychedelic use. I call myself the pencil skirt and, and pearls of psychedelics in Hawaii because I'm a successful professional who actively uses psychedelics to expand my own consciousness and capabilities. Um, and I don't need to receive the projected shame of the drug war um, in that process. So I'm glad you guys are doing that. We have a lot of people reach out to us about microdosing. And so I, I want you to just help us understand what is microdosing? What do people microdose? Like give us the basics. So the two most uh, popular substances microdosed are mushrooms and LSD, psilocybin and LSD. Although some people are using wachuma and ayahuasca and, and other substances. A microdose is considered one-tenth of a normal dose of a psychedelic, sometimes one-twentieth, maybe even one-thirtieth for some people that are sensitive. Um, we sometimes say it's sub-perceptual, but some people also do feel energy boosts and a little something. So um, more than anything, uh, it's no classic psychedelic effects, right? So the flowers aren't talking to you. You don't close your eyes and see geometric patterns. Um, you're feeling your mood increase, your thought patterns are uh, more positive, but no classic psychedelic effects would be the best way to describe it. You're taking a very, very, very small amount of a psychedelic uh, on a almost daily basis. And why, why are people coming to take your class? Like what, what sort of... Are, sort of superficial reasons do people uh, get interested in microdosing? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, for one thing that interest has been really huge this past year, I'll, I'll admit that I was kind of something of a skeptic of microdosing in, in certain ways, because I'm like, well, a lot of the, a lot of the culture around it was, uh, you know, kind of Silicon Valley, heightened productivity, you know, be a better worker, which isn't really what I necessarily think we all need to do and be, but uh, I think people are really looking for an opportunity to heal themselves in a way that's accessible. 
And I think that the way that, you know, more and more the concept of microdosing is coming across and people are reporting their own experience is just something way more profound than an experience with any um, pharmaceutical drug that they might be on. This is something we get a lot. So they're like, yeah, I actually got off antidepressants or I can't explain it, but I just don't want to drink anymore or I'm eating healthier. Or I like to exercise more. And there's just all of these lifestyle changes. So I think that that's in the zeitgeist right now. It's kind of shifted from, um, you know, productivity to like lifestyle enhancement and uh, better health at large. And when we launched the class was in the middle of the winter in, you know, COVID, a COVID winter, basically, you know, the most isolated time. I think a lot of people have maybe ever experienced in their life as a culture at large. And uh, so we don't just focus on information, but we fo focus on connection massively in our, in our classes. So not only is it like a long extended period of time, it's six weeks, but in between every week and before and after the last classes, we had Zoom calls. So, you know, we saw that out of like over a thousand people getting tickets to the class. We had, you know, some 150 people regularly that would like show up and participate in the Zoom calls. And, you know, and that lasted throughout. And then uh, we've even continued with the microdosing support network where those people are still, a lot of the same people from the class are still showing up months later to be able, still be a part of that connection, that conversation and community. And information's easy to get, you know, you can Google it. You, you know, I don't think you can get all the same information that we offered because we have like really next, I'm pretty stoked. Adam might want to touch on how like some of the great concepts that we're able to share, but um, it's really like, well, what else can we do? What's the next level of that offering? And it's not just uh, dollars for information. It's like, we want to help. We want your life to be better. We want to do that together. We want to be a part of your better life. You want to add anything on that, Adam? Yeah, just <clears throat> most people are coming to me with Flow State Micro or to the San Francisco Psychedelic Society with the support network or the class because they want to be educated. They don't know where to start. They've maybe searched some videos, but they want to know the differences between the substances, how it works, the dosages. So what we do in this course is we really dive deep into all kinds of areas from dosages to substances to stacking practices to combining exercise and yoga and journaling. Um, we've got the Microdosing Institute out of Holland who uh, have been doing this work for more than five years. So we have some amazing teachers, including Dr. James Fadiman, who joins us week three, uh, answers everyone's questions for more than an hour and a half. So more than anything, you know, cannabis was a great little uh, beginner lesson for all of us in psychedelics. And we don't wanna make the same mistakes that we made when everyone and all the money came into the space. And so the most important thing that we can do in the time being is we can educate people. And so that's what we're doing. We're educating them, but we're also building a community. And microdosing is about to disrupt mental health, basically, because it allows people to love themselves and to care about themselves and to want to get out of their depression and come out and be a part of something. So that's what we're doing with uh, the movement is we created a community of more than a thousand people, a few hundred each week would join the extra Zoom calls. And that's where we can make cannabis or where we can make psychedelics and microdosing different than cannabis is we can really be into the whole community idea, community model. Um, so I think that's the most important thing the San Francisco Psychedelic Society, Flow State and Microdosing Institute are doing with the classes we're building community.
And we offer so those we, classes really quick. I'm sorry, we offer those classes. They're free. They're accessible to anybody. Um, and they are. We all we do like to ask for the donation or for people to become members. But our highest priority is just accessibility. So and anybody can be a member, not just people who live in San Francisco. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so let's go back to the basics. You said people come to you guys just wanting to understand like what, how much. We talked a little bit about psilocybin and LSD being the most common, but other people try ayahuasca, wachuma. Um, we talked about how much, right? Tenth, about a tenth of a normal dose. What other kind of basic information can you give folks if they're interested in starting a microdosing journey and they're not able to attend your classes. So I'm gonna break down the dosages for psilocybin and then Seth's gonna break down the dosages for LSD. But basically with psilocybin, <laughs> we've been finding out through our class and what's important to remember is we learn something every time we put on the support network. We have people that show up. Mm -hmm. We had a man well over 200 pounds share with us that 20 milligrams of dried psilocybin was enough for him to have a microdose. Dr. Fadiman used to say the beginning area was 100 milligrams. So we've had to change our, our ratios and our amounts due to all the information we're getting from this fabulous community that we're creating. Mm -hmm. So we've heard as low as 20 milligrams or 0 0.02 of a gram dried psilocybin is the beginning place to start. And then we've heard upwards of 200 milligrams some people taking more. I think once you get up to 200, 300, it's not as subperceptual, might be a mini dose. But again, what's important to remember is psilocybin, LSD, wachuma, they're going to hit everybody individually and uniquely a little bit different. Um, so you really want to start low and go slow. Start with that 20 milligrams, then maybe move up to 50, then maybe to 100. And then when you hit that place where you're feeling anxiety or you're feeling more than you want to, it's too much. And you dial it back down to those lower doses. Um, Seth, how about LSD? Mm -hmm. So this one's a little bit trickier to get, you know, quite right because you can't powder up, you know, with mushrooms, you can powder up the mushroom and you can take exactly as much as you need from, you know, weigh it out. Um, but with the LSD, you have to, you know, cut it into little triangles. Uh, if you have a little paper tab or something like that, so you hopefully you can get some tiny scissors and you're cutting. Mm -hmm. I, you know, some tweezers in one hand holding it and you're like this. And we have a video, uh, a supplemental video of this in our class, but, um, you know, you're really looking for, you know, five micrograms to 10 micrograms. That's kind of a safer starting point. Even 10 can be a lot for some people. So even, so five micrograms in that, in that ballpark. So with the, you know, the typical assumption, and this is really not, you know, specific in the same way that excuse me, the potency of a, you know, psilocybin mushroom isn't specific. It's, it's generally like, yeah, it's in this ballpark, the psilocybin cup just released, you know, uh, some results of the top, uh, like some potency results. And they were from everywhere from like 1% to 3.8% psilocybin. So that's, that's a big difference. Um, and you don't really know the quality of the substance you're getting. Um, so with acid, it's just kind of, again, finding this right spot with the supply that you have. So it's good to remember that it changes from time to time, from strain to strain. And, uh, but the safe starting point is like 0.5, or sorry, five micrograms. And that essentially is like, you know, if you have one tab and you cut it in half, then that's 50 and 50, cut that in half, 
then each of the quarters is 25, cut those in half, then you're down to 12. So really you're gonna start with something like 6.25 micrograms once you get to that um, small enough triangle. There's also some volumetric dosing that I don't really wanna explain in this because the chance of me kind of explaining it somewhat incorrectly is a little bit higher and I don't wanna give people bad information. <laughs> So once we're all going to have a hard time remembering these numbers, so guys, we'll drop it in sort of the show notes for those of you who are listening in. But once we have our dosing right, tell me a little bit about how often do people dose? Do you do it every day, every other day, 10 times a day? Actually, some really important information that I want to get across uh, that isn't in the zeitgeist. It's not really as much a part of the culture is like the sweet spot. And then that just really is this concept that everybody has a different sweet spot. So when you hear that, you know, 0.1 grams of mushrooms is the right amount, or you hear that 10 micrograms of LSD is the right amount, and you're saying microdosing doesn't work for me, I don't like it, I'm taking how much they say. And it's just remember, these potencies are different. Remember, you're different than the person, you know, you're not a normal person, you're specifically uniquely you. So finding a sweet spot is the one, one of the most important things. And that sweet spot might change based on what you had for breakfast. It might change based on, you know, other, you know, environmental circumstances, your body type, your endocrine system, you know, your personal sensitivity, all these things. So really take the time. Don't overcommit to one, you know, dosage level and, and really feel free and maybe, you know, require of yourself that you do explore these different dosage uh, amounts and these different, uh, if you have the opportunity to, different uh, strains or supplies of whatever you can get. Yeah, and you have to turn it up once or twice too much to realize where your sweet spot <laughs> is and to be able to turn it back down. So be prepared for that. So when you are turning it up or adjusting, don't plan on going to your sales meeting that day or, you know, maybe save it, save it for a Saturday. But, you know, um, it, it, like, like he's saying, it's all going to be uniquely different to the individual, to the strain of mushrooms. Cannabis can be an amplifier and, and help it to kick in. If you didn't eat breakfast, that can be an amplifier and help it to kick in. So what I like to tell people is anxiety is a good indicator to if you've taken too much or too little. If your anxiety is heightened, probably too much. If your anxiety is lessened and you're not noticing that you took anything, you've probably found your sweet spot. Mm. And isn't the sweet spot a metaphor for actually medicine generally? I think as someone who went through the cancer care system, having a sense that I am my own unique being, I am just me and that my medical care is gonna fit into my life, I think helped me rise above that challenge. And so I like that that's being normed in the psychedelic conversation. I also hear a lot of the times people imagining microdosing being like taking an SSRI or an antidepressant. So tell me, how is it different than taking an SSRI or an antidepressant? Well, that what leads us right into your other end of the question, which is protocols and how often do you take mm. And the big difference between big pharma antidepressants and microdosing is uh, big pharma, you take seven days a week. And when you start on these antidepressants or some medications, you're taking them for the rest of your life. And the wean or the tapering, if you ever try to get off, is uh, horrible. And sometimes the uh, the side effects of tapering are suicide. And they'll tell you right in the, uh, the medical pamphlet. So the big difference with microdosing is people are not taking it seven days a week. 
psychedelics, even in a small subperceptual amount, have what is called a 48-hour or afterglow. So when microdosing your days off can sometimes be better, even than your days on or just as good. So we're setting people up not to take a substance seven days a week. What we also find is the longer people microdose, the less they need it. They might start taking it four or five days a week and then switch to once a week or once a month as they've gone through a few months. So um, those are some of the things that, that I'm seeing. I just am so stoked about that last thing you said. It makes me so happy. It's like the, you know, the more consistently you do it, it seems like a lot of people need it less and less. And that's, that's the whole point is it's helping you recalibrate. It's helping you find a balance in your life where you feel good and you're less and less dependent on this thing, this teacher or this guide, however you want to look at it. It's about this relationship to the medicine that helps you build that relationship to yourself and ultimately, you know, find a sense of freedom and intuitive use as opposed to really prescriptive use or having a very regimented style. We've seen a lot of people make that transition. Mm, I know I used LSD. I microdosed LSD when I went into treatment for an eating disorder. And I just did it for two months to kind of build the new neural pathways and actually to be able to what I say is my ego dislocated my eating disorder. So it became this external character that I could listen to and hear. And she still talks all the time, but I, it's not me anymore. And I have this relationship with her where we get to be in conversation rather than her running the show. And so for me, that microdosing experience was two months long, but it changed my entire life. Um, yes, yes. And I'm really excited about what microdosing, in my opinion, can do in tandem with Western medicine. One of mm -hmm. my clients has prostate cancer mm -hmm. and is microdosing in conjunction with his, uh, his cancer medicines. And he said that he has appetite and energy for microdosing. And one of the two biggest complaints of chemo or cancer is I don't have an appetite and I don't have energy. So that one client has spoken about how incredible it is mixed with his medications. And then along with mental health and, and depression, I've worked with numerous clients who've been able to safely uh, taper off of 20, 30 years of antidepressants, mm -hmm. taper off of Percocet, give up lifetime addictions to alcohol and tobacco. And I think what really is happening specifically with the psilocybin and the lion's mane is there is a rewiring going on. They're, they're rewiring the brain they're blocking the default mode network. It's that snow globe analogy of we're shaking up these neural pathways and allowing us to look at things differently, um, which for people that are depressed is, is finally having hope, which is sometimes what it takes to crawl out of that, uh, that mm. deep hole. Yeah, I was really moved by um, Johan Hari's book, Lost Connections. Have you guys read this? He basically says that fundamentally at its core, depression is rooted in lost connection, connection to self, connection to family and ancestors, connection to community. And he offers these different modalities for rebuilding connection and psychedelics is one of those modalities. Um, and I know that for me, macro dosing psychedelics is that full body, complete experience of total deep, profound connection to source and other. How do you 
in thinking about your own personal practices and then working with your community around psychedelics, how do you differentiate macro dosing versus micro dosing? And what do you see their different use cases as? Yeah, so I think macro dosing is a very, very important tool that we need in our toolbox if done properly in the right set and setting. And, and if someone's not experienced or a first timer with a, with a guide or a therapist or whatever the situation, you know, again, it's, it's different than the, the microdosing small dose journey, but I know where I sit today that um, a huge part of my healing have come in large dose journeys of ayahuasca or, or mushrooms with guides and sound healers. So uh, I think there is uh, such a need for the large dose journey as well, but again, that's that's a more uh, that's a trickier area where where even more education is needed, um, and that that is more why I am uh, really excited about these small doses and people being able to use them in their day to day life, as opposed to macro dosing, which people can only do a few times a year, um, and again, you're usually taking it in a retreat center or somewhere else, and then coming back to integrate in your day-to-day -day life. Personally, I think they have a place together. And I think for a lot of people that are really struggling, um, that a combination of a large dose followed up by post-integration with microdosing um, is gonna potentially be the future of mental health. And again, for depression, you mentioned community, right? That's what it is for people who are depressed, they're isolated. So the community we're building in the psychedelic community, a lot of these people are, are outcasts, black sheep. And all of a sudden they found a place where they're accepted. And, um, and, and that really helps with depression. When I'm coaching people with depression and microdosing, just knowing they have access to me anytime that they want and that I care about them, that's community. You know, one person can be community. So um, that is such an important aspect of not only depression, but even addiction. Um, and the trauma that comes from addiction is just people hurt by their family or not connected to their family and, and being able to reconnect them to a new community. Mm, thanks for sharing that. And yeah, jump in, Seth? yeah, I just wanted to add to that. Uh, you know, we've been hearing from a lot of people in our, that showed up for the microdosing movement. And it's not that everybody is, but some people are in that you know, black sheep or whatever space. And whether they are or not, it seems like they still stand out. They might turn into like the rainbow sheep of their family. Mm -hmm. that, and people might start looking to them as like, wow, you've really changed. You have, what's, what is, what has happened to you? And then these people with the information that they've garnered with the confidence, with, with the experience, then they can start to help share that medicine. And uh, we're kind of working on a new course uh, to help, you know, people trip sit for their friends and family on that really local, local level um, for this exact reason, because like people are like, yeah, like it's rippling out, you know, <laughs> I want to know what to do next. How do I like show up for these people? And it's just, it's cool to see that, that growth. I totally see that in my family. I'm like the child that grew up like the emperor has no clothes. Everybody's fucked up here. And I remember in my first ayahuasca journey, I had this conversation with my 10 year old self. And I was like, you are not the problem. These people are the problem. And that was like the beginning of this unfurling of trauma and pain and healing. And now I get to come into my family. We have these Zoom calls every Saturday in COVID and show up as this, this different energy and voice in there. And again, pencil skirt and pearls, 
saying psychedelics have played this really powerful role and watching my 90 year old grandmother be like, maybe we should all do an ayahuasca ceremony. And it's like, yes, yes, yes. Like healing is cool. It is, it is our only choice. I know we want all these other things in life, but the root is the healing and psychedelics can be such a powerful path. Yeah, it's such, it is cool. It's super cool. It's super fun. It makes everything better. <laughs> it's like this <laughs> foundation. It's like trying to do anything on a crumbling foundation, you know, mm-hmm. it's way, way, way harder. It's such a slog, but whatever you choose to do, if you're coming at it from a stronger place, it's just more enjoyable. I've really found that in my life. Of course, you're still going to have to be able to make money and all these things, right? So it's not like psychedelics are going to solve all your problems, but they have, might help you get through that creative blockage or whatever it is to find yourself in that right position. So we really emphasize doing the work also, you know, just not like just to be a pure uh, psychedelic, like uh, optimist, you know, okay, take acid, be better. <laughs> it's like, well, take acid, do a lot of work based on the downloads from the acid or, you know, mushrooms or whatever it is. And, then we have, then we have something to work with there. So let's talk about that. So I'm microdosing, not every day. Maybe I'm doing it two, three days a week, whatever the standard protocols are. What is the work? Like, what are the ancillary tools that one can use in a microdosing practice to amplify the benefits and the insights of psychedelics? Well, we talk a lot about integration for this reason, you know, and this is like a, just, you know, you could call it anything, but this is a common term in psychedelics at large, integrating the experience. And it seems like it's less, um, uh, it's not less essential, but it's, it's less like big at any given time with microdosing. But you get these little bite-sized downloads more so, it seems like with microdosing, that are just a lot easier to focus on and apply and like amplify. And Adam, do you want to say anything specifically about it? No, that was great. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so just, you know, it's like with the, whether it's a large dose or a small dose, you're getting, you have new neural pathways that are seeing the world in a different way and you're getting new information, or maybe it's information that was always there that you were not allowing to the surface. Maybe it's um, stuck emotions, different feelings. It seems like microdosing, like it doesn't just break the dam, which can really happen. You know, it's like you might have a lot of this stuff held behind walls in our culture, you know, as a man, I know there's a lot of stuff that I have to let go of that I'm just have to repress because emotions aren't good for men to have, whatever. But it's like, yeah, I've had some psychedelic experiences that are pretty big and it's just like really kind of crushing to be like, oh my God, I have so much work to do. Uh, But then the microdose, it's like, and not that that work is bad, it just can be overwhelming, but with microdosing, I think it's a lot gentler of a way to get started, especially if you have limited support network, you know, and you can really get these bite-sized downloads of like, huh, I could, I could have probably had that conversation differently. Like maybe I'll go apologize to that person or just these little moments of like a preference for uh, water instead of juice or like whatever it is, you know. Uh, and I, I mean like sugary juice, you know, fresh pressed, that's a whole different story. 
for our juice sponsors we're not <laughs> just you're out of here yeah and you know there are a lot of things that we uh suggest people do along with their microdosing to really optimize the experience journaling really helps with their post integration and and really writing down their experiences microdosing is very subtle it's not a magic pill um, so we really suggest people take at least a month before they decide whether it was good or not um, and again, if you've been taking a journal every night, at the end of the uh, month, it's really easy to look back and read your journal and kind of notice the things that you're noticing. Um, the big one for me and my clients is, is exercise. You know, we got to get them moving their body. And I think stacking exercise or yoga with uh, microdosing mushrooms is just incredible. It's been life-changing for people with addictions and depression. So again, moving the body, that can be riding a bike, that can be climbing, going to the gym, so uh, movement. And then what happens, and people aren't even trying to have it happen, is everyone's diet seems to get better. They eat better. They drink less alcohol. They smoke less cannabis. Um, so it's, it's really amazing. I like to say that self-love is a side effect of microdosing, specifically with psilocybin. And so a lot of people really do that inward work that they've never done. They go back and they love that 10-year-old child. Um, or that six-year-old child that I've also gone back and talked to on ayahuasca journeys. <laughs> so uh, again, it's not as uh, in your face. Um, it's not a magic pill, meaning you have to do the work, right? You might have some days microdosing that are really challenging, right? Everyone shouldn't just believe the headlines that you take a pill of a microdose and every day is great. I mean, you have to do the work and microdosing is a non-specific amplifier. So if you've been bearing emotions or thoughts or certain things for many years, it's going to be exposed, much like a, a spotlight being shined on the problem. So you have to clean up and do the work. The, the substance isn't going to do the work for you. It's going to show you where the work needs to be done. And then it's up to you to do the work. Mm, I'm so grateful you said that. I'm so grateful. I remember I was in a relationship with a man who really struggled with childhood trauma that had not, uh, that he had not processed. And I remember hoping when he agreed to start microdosing that he would be happy. And instead he went deeper into his pain. And hearing you say that, I'm realizing like, no, but that's where he needed to go. You know, he needed to be in his pain more deeply so that he could move through it. So what kind of support do you guys generally suggest if folks have work they need to do and the work is not hard? I mean, and the work is hard. How can one support themselves through the hard parts? Yeah, I just want to say that, like, you know, I wanted to say this about integration too, and this is a perfect time to bring it up, is like, I think, you know, relationship building is a huge part of integration. You know, it's like talking about your process with other people, whether you're mentioning that you're on using psychedelics or not, just saying, hey, these things have been coming up for me can be like hugely beneficial to ground those experiences in reality. Um, but even if it's not with other humans, it seems like even gardening is a good relationship to have like this uh, tenderness and love and care and like expression of that seems to be helpful. But obviously that's maybe not in the most intense experiences. Uh, we don't you know, we don't recommend against having a therapist or anything like that, you know, people should probably, you know, can, if they feel like they might need professional help, like definitely 
uh, move in that direction. There's a lot of opportunity, a lot of integration coaches working with a coach. Adam is working with a lot of great people right now to help them with this process. Um, and we also offer that baseline of that kind of community support. And more and more as our organization grows, we want to really develop that uh, community platform, creating like more, more opportunities to connect and, and a variety of things uh, in that, of that nature. But um, it, it can be hard. You know, this is one of the harder aspects. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the best parts about the microdosing support network is even if somebody's out there and they can't afford an integration coach or a therapist, they can show up twice a week at the San Francisco Psychedelic Society on these Zoom calls. They can ask myself. Um, once a month, Microdosing Institute, Hein and Jacobin are also answering questions. They're very knowledgeable. So right now we are providing a free place where people can have their questions answered. You know, what I would say is we're all uh, wounded, right? We all have trauma. And even in these small doses, microdosing is going to expose that. So if you're dealing with some real serious trauma or addiction, or you want to get off of pharmaceuticals, you need help with that. Okay. Don't go about trying to do that yourself. That's a big, um, big task. And, uh, you know, I've worked in tandem with therapists before when I'm coaching people. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. Just don't go out there and try to do it alone. Mm, yeah, that connection piece just keeps coming back for me. You know, we are so held and we are so loved. And I think part of what depression does is it just creates all these layers of doubt around that love. And so we can't receive it when it's being offered. We can't feel it when it's there. And that is something that over time, like my psychedelic healing has allowed me to feel is like, oh, wow, I'm really fucking cared for. You know, I know that my family, as hard as it is, loves me a lot and wants to be there and support me in their own ways, right? And I know that I can reach out and ask friends. I can build community around these things. I'm not a pariah. And that trust and that faith is a part, like love kind of works through us in that circular way, right? Where it's like, I am loved so I can love and therefore I'm loved more. Um, and, and so I'm so grateful that you guys are building community too around this um, and suggesting that people not go it alone. I see that a lot with clarity. Um, folks reach out. Do you have a recommended microdosing regimen? And I feel grateful now we can just kick them over to you and you guys can do what you guys do best. Yeah, and let's just briefly talk about the most or the most popular protocols, which is the Stamets protocol. That's five days on, two days off, or four days on, three off. Mm. And then the Adamant protocol, which is one day on, two days off. And then there's the Microdosing Institute protocol, which is day on, day off. And then there's something we call the Intuitive protocol, which is just basically over time people began to use their intuition. So. Those are the most popular protocols out there. Um, the ones that I'm um, using with clientele and the ones that most people are starting with. Again, you have to remember if you're taking the seven days a week for a full month, uh, your tolerance is gonna build up and it's not gonna have the same effects. Mm. So we know now protocols, we have some integration tools. I heard journaling, I heard connecting with community, I heard I mean, we meditation is obviously a really great integration tool. Exercise, um, we've heard it can be hard. 
and that we need to prepare for that hardness and we need to connect through that hardness. Um, what other sort of big recommendations or containers can you offer folks if they're thinking about going on a microdosing journey themselves? Start low and go slow. <laughs> I think that looking at it as like, you know, even the perspective of a journey, you know, cause that's kind of just a new word for tripping, a new tr you know, trip. <laughs> it's like, you know, you know, it sounds cooler, I guess, you know, it's more with the times, but it just, you know, people associate that with like, okay, that's like a one day thing, you know, it's to really like going into this and preparing for this for like lifestyle change and like being open to um, this being a long-term thing and, and, you know, and not that they like have to have a long-term game plan to get started, but like to know that you're not going to see, you might not have a powerful experience day one. You really might not even like it. You might be, like we were saying before, you might be three weeks in and have to reflect through your journal to even notice that there's been positive changes because we're just so wrapped up in the you know just the context of our life which the reason you're here is likely because it's already you're not totally in love with it you know <laughs> so you want to change something you want to make shifts mm -hmm. um yes but starting low in terms of dosage in terms of like expectations and things like that and going slow building building something and i think that that's a great metaphor of just like how to grow and change in our lives too being a little gentler on ourselves and not expecting huge shifts or results overnight or you know with just one new adjustment and uh that's my biggest you know that's what i take away the most from this yeah and i just say people got to educate themselves there's really great videos with dr fadiman on youtube again microdosing movement six-week course which i think is available for only sixty dollars that's six two hour plus classes really diving deep. So education is key. Connect yourself to a community. If you're doing it again, we, we offer the free support network three times a month. Um, and But educate, right? You can't go into these things and, and not know what you're doing. And again, even more so than cannabis edibles, um, psychedelics are serious. So when we say start low, go slow, we're, we're not joking here. Um, we're not looking for the large dose journey experience. We're looking to find your sweet spot so that you can benefit from microdosing on the day to day. So um, more than anything, connect community, educate yourself, start low, go slow. Don't take it every day. If you're looking for real deep interpersonal work, I would work with mushrooms and psilocybin. If you're looking for more of that focus driven outward, get shit done, um, you know, in the coding in Silicon Valley, that was LSD for the most part. So again, um, there are subtle differences to the substances and, uh, do your research. Maybe you have to try them both. Maybe you have to try multiple protocols. Maybe you don't give up after a month and you try something different month two, and you go further into your own research. So educate yourself, be safe. Um, you know, be careful with your set and setting on that first day you dose in case you take too high of a dose. And, um, you know, you can get a hold of myself or Seth through the San Francisco Psychedelic Society or Adam at flowstatemicro.com. And, and we're here to answer your questions. Mm -hmm. That was great. Um, and yeah, I actually have two more things. You know, great. One around the community piece is like, I also don't want people to think that if they're trying to integrate their experience or if they're, uh, 
just want to find that community container that they need to join a psychedelic community. Like, I think that's a great place to meet really open-minded people who are open to exploring new potentials for life, but also like the Frisbee golf team might be a good choice, you know, <laughs> like also just these other ways to connect, even just, you know, whatever it is, going on meetup.com, finding what's your, like something that calls to you. Um, there's so many other hobbies to bring into this, right? It doesn't have to just be uh, drinking the Kool-Aid and joining the cult. You know, you can <laughs> just do whatever you want and add this as a supplement to your life. Um, but we do have a lot of fun in our groups. And the other thing that people really come to us probably, maybe even mostly for is like, hey, can I get some mushrooms? Oh, <laughs> don't I know that? <laughs> you cannot. We cannot help you with that. Go away. Uh, I mean, go make friends and build trusting relationships and hopefully source these in an equitable, accessible, and legal way, um, depending on where you live. Hopefully that's possible. Um, and, you know, so we just have to kind of like say that, but that people can cultivate their own mushrooms. It's, it's really simple. Uh, I've taught thousands of people to do that over the past few years. And I'll be coming out with like a digital course, um, similar to the, you know, kind of similar to the movement in the next couple of months, that'll be available. And, uh, but honestly, there's so many YouTube videos you can learn for free. Um, if people just want to go on YouTube and type in Uncle Ben's tech, it's probably the easiest way to get started. And uh, yeah, that's a huge tip, so. Yeah, if I got paid for every time somebody asked me if I could source psychedelics for them since launching the Clarity Project, I wouldn't need to raise money for the Clarity Project anymore. But um, yeah, it's like any that. any last final thoughts before we close out? I effing love mushrooms. I think mushrooms are so important and need to be in the conversation. And I'm not just talking about psilocybin. I'm talking about lion's mane, cordyceps, chaga, mataki, turkey tail for cancer. And I think that, you know, stacking these other mushrooms with psilocybin in your microdose is also beneficial. And I highly suggest lion's mane, cordyceps, chaga, mataki, these type mushrooms uh, with your microdose. I really feel like that takes it to the next level. Um, and I feel like we need to be talking more about mushrooms, specifically what it can do for brain injury, Alzheimer's, dementia, all kinds of neurodegenerative disorders. So um, I'm just really excited to work for the mushrooms and, and be a part of this movement. And uh, we need to spread, spread the word and uh, get rid of the myths about them and educate people. I always say that the mushrooms, we're like their foot soldiers. They call us into the work and they are building these mycelial networks of folks who can awaken new networks through their own work. So I know that the mushrooms called us all to clarity and um, grateful for Amanda, who is on, who is on the call from Malama Mushrooms is our local mushroom company here. And they have awesome multi mushroom blends that I take every day. So they're even on the shelves and uh, they're on the shelves in my co-op here in Grass Valley. Hey, good. I hope you buy them exclusively. Yeah, sounds good. Um, we did a giveaway with them too. That I remember the founder, can't remember his name, but he came ben. Our, yeah, ben came to some of our events. I had like coffee with him one day and he's, he's so a good nice. guy. He's a really good guy. This is when the video will stop and we'll go to a Malama Mushrooms commercial <laughs> brought to you by Malama Mushrooms. Do you have any questions for us? Um, no, I just look forward to seeing it and sharing it uh, on our social media when it's available.
So for anybody that wants to join the course, uh, it's called the microdosing movement and you can find it at psychedelic society, sf.org slash the microdosing movement. And uh, you'll find more information about it there, but essentially we have you know, five weeks of really informational uh, downloads, very conversational as well that are built on top of around a hundred like infographic slides. They're just really beautiful and help get the point across. Um, and that was, that was built with over 30 years of experience from our experts, Adam Bramlage, Jim Fadiman, the modern, the modern like, father of microdosing. We call him the godfather. Of godfather. <laughs> He's a big deal. Okay. And then uh, we have Jacobine and Hein from the Microdosing Institute in the Netherlands who have been pioneering this movement out there for years. Um, so we just brought together some of the best voices and pretty much everybody participated in every class and you know not so we don't just have points that are being made we have conversations about those points in progress so some people may think it's a little chatty but if you really listen there's just such a gold mine of points like of just information and points so if somebody really goes through this material and, and downloads it they themselves will become a microdosing expert it is at that level um, and in addition to those weeks, we have a, a final celebration week. That's kind of a ceremony that we get to offer uh, with some music and some just really good vibes, some shares from the people in the community that had really a transformative experience with the course and uh, with microdosing. And then we have uh, like five to eight uh, supplemental videos with just a variety of other offerings from within our community, uh, people that kind of have some expertise in very specific niches. Um, so yeah, we're really excited to keep offering that and uh, it's been going well. And then of course, there will always be the uh, support network ongoing that anybody can join. So thanks. So how often, how many times a year do you do the course? We've just done it once right now. Um, we will be hopefully offering it again soon as smaller groups. Um, so that people can have more of an intimate experience with it. And then we might relaunch it next year with a slightly updated or maybe even a 2.0. We're not totally sure what comes next. We have a lot of uh, irons in the fire at this time. But right now you can do it sort of self-paced. If we go to your website, we can take it self-paced. Yeah, with and still get the community support through the Microdosing Support Network, which Adam hosts it twice a month and the Microdosing Institute in Holland also hosts it once a month. So you can still get, get contact with the experts from the class and yeah, it's available. Yeah. It's cool. actually pretty cool. You can watch all the videos on your own time. You get access to them for a lifetime. You don't have to feel like you're missing the live class on Sunday. You watch them around your schedule. And again, you get live access to the microdosing support network and myself to answer any of your questions. Plus I think still to the discord chat and the thousands yeah. of people that were in the first class. So um, yeah, it's available right now. And uh, we've got some other good uh, classes coming up to share with you in the future. Mm, I'm excited. I'm going to sign up. See you there.